0: Welcome back to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. This week on the show, we have Tom McKenzie. Tom is one of our strength and conditioning coaches at Prepare Like a Pro. He is also the strength and conditioning assistant at the Geelong Football Club and head of strength and conditioning at Anglesey Football Club. Prior to commencing his career as a strength and conditioning coach, Tom was a competitive footballer, playing in the NAB League and VFL football. He also uh, competed in a marathon where he ran a sub three-hour marathon post his football career. Before we start episode 37, the Prepare Like a Pro podcast mission, is to empower aspiring athletes and staff with practical knowledge from some of the industry's most inspiring individuals and to strengthen the AFL community. If you like the show, please show your support by following us on Instagram as well as subscribing to the podcast. We're on YouTube, iTunes and Spotify. All right, let's get into it, guys. Just sending an invita- invitation. There, he is. there you go, mate. Yeah, going well.
1: Not too bad. That, did that work all right? First uh, Instagram video, so uh, I wasn't sure it worked, mate.
0: That's, it's worked perfectly, mate. You're you're on. I can hear you loud and clear. Got a little bit of uh, fuzziness going on, but that might subside as in the screen. It's a little bit fuzzy, but... Audio-wise is perfect, mate. Let's jump into it. Let's start at the very beginning, mate. When did you find the love for the game of football?
1: Well, I guess started as a junior through Auskick. Growing up in Anglesey down in Victoria. Yeah, playing down there and then went through my junior football. The Jolong Falcons was lucky enough to, to represent some good teams there and... And that was probably a bit of an up and down ride through that initial, as I got older through the Falcons, I I had quite a few injuries and got a little bit disenfranchised with it as I went to senior, I sort of played a little bit of VFL football and then sort of lost the passion a little bit, to be perfectly honest, played all the rest of my senior footy at the Uni uni Blues in the Baffa and yeah, then really sort of got back into it and, and enjoyed it and eventually that's where I sort of found myself down this path. Yeah,
0: fantastic. And you, you mentioned losing the passion. Were the, was there something that you can finger point a reason being or, or was it a um, was it multifactorial?
1: Yeah, it was just it was just injuries. I had a sort of a really recurring tendonitis in my knee. I had some other stuff going on at home that, that wasn't great. And yeah, I just, as I said, yeah, just sort of lost it from there. It took, uh, what did I take, it, 18 months off, two years off before getting back into it. And yeah, and then I probably, the penny really didn't drop, I don't think. About that, sort of looking after my body the way I needed to till, till quite a bit later. Yeah, which again, sort of led me into this path in the sort of the strength and conditioning world. And Eventually, I got there. Yeah, fantastic, mate. That's awesome. And yeah,
0: maybe take us through the beginning. At what point did you start your strength and conditioning career? What was your first role in the industry of, of fitness or, or strength and conditioning? Was it at Anglesey,
1: working in the clinic? Yeah. So yeah, it was I started as a PT, which was reasonably recently. So yeah, I actually started a sports science degree when I first left school when I was 18. And then I did six of it. And then it was, oh, I don't know if this is for me. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to ever get a job in this. It was, it was packed with 18-year-old kids like myself. Anyway, worked, did a whole heap of other things. As I said, played the rest of my senior footy. And then as I sort of got older, I, I really started to sort of get back into it and develop that kind of love and passion that I always had for strength and conditioning and performance and rehab and everything like that. I guess I realized that I was spending all my time outside of work listening to podcasts, doing my own research, doing my own training. That was all I wanted to do. So I eventually, yeah, this is probably uh, what to go now. I was like, why don't I do this for a job? And yeah, mate, it's been awesome ever since. So yeah, then I actually went back and now I'm finishing the degree that I, the degree I started 10 years ago, which is, which is nice. I'm doing it a little yeah. bit smarter this time. And yeah, and then I've loved every minute ever since. And then yeah, working as a PT and then yeah, working with Anglesey was my first opportunity to sort of run a program learning off yourself has been fantastic and then my boss who I work with Jace Kelly down at Anytime Fitness and Grodesdale where I sort of do a lot of rehabilitation and things like that with him have also been awesome and obviously yeah now with the cats in a, in a role there has been an amazing opportunity then it's been great
0: yeah fantastic mate yeah that's it's interesting to when your journey starts and, and how it unfolds so you did a little bit of travel as well I remember speaking to you about you know exploring some different things and what what field were you working in before strength and conditioning personal training after
1: I was in, yeah, I was in, well, I originally wanted to be a journo, then I was working at Channel 9. I was, you might have seen my hand on the news a few times. I would go out and like interviews and stuff like that. And then I ended up moving into the corporate sales side of the business at Channel 9. Yeah, so I was, you know, just sitting at a desk going out, playing clients out, things like that. And then we moved over to London. And then I was working at a school over there and just decided to start sort of a fitness group for parents. And that's where I sort of started training that's where I was doing training for marathons and things like that I was really sort of really getting into it and and doing a lot of study outside of work and everything like that and decided to give it a crack and just sort of started a little fitness group with the Prince and just said, Oh, this is this is something that this is what I want to do. And yeah, that's when I sort of clicked and I'm like, oh, I can actually do this and I can get a job in this and, and be successful in it. Yeah,
0: fantastic. That's yeah. So that was your first taste of running a class and designing your own workouts and, and you just loved it, did you?
1: Yeah, exactly. From there I just sort of went from there and then it just was, okay, let's take what I've sort of learnt myself and taught myself through. So I said, all that self-education. And I think a huge part of it came from uh, like my rehabilitation. So I've had two ACL reconstructions and the things I learned as a sort of, I had a really good physio the first time around with Randall Cooper, who was just awesome, the way he sort of laid things out for me and, and structured my sort of rehab. I think that sort of kick-started me into it. And then, yeah, it was all taking all those little things that I'd applied uh, to, over that time. And then I just started, yeah, just said took the class, started writing programs for just friends and things like that. And then, yeah, did my, did my certificate in personal training and then started at uni after that. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's a good message for the young
0: trainers out there or, or anyone that's, or even not young ones, but young ones that maybe did stop their degree at a younger age and are doing something else, but they still feel they have a passion for it. It takes a bit of courage to, to leave a career and, and go back and follow your passion. Did you, for sure, it was the right move or when you were doing, when you're currently finishing the degree now, did, do you feel that it's it's uh, everything you want it to be now that you have you've know what you can do with it? By getting that experience in England and taking classes,
1: uh, yeah, I think as a when you're younger and you first go to your degree, you you do, yeah, you kind of just thought oh, I'll do that, or there's lots of people end up in in that sort of in that sort of mindset, I think. But yeah, being a little bit older and having tried all these other jobs. I kind of go, I kind of was, yeah, I was, and it was hard. Don't get me, it was, it was hard to, yeah, start up fresh and go back to square one where you're not earning much money and you're a bit older, which makes it a bit harder. It's easier to eighteen, but yeah, it's, it just, as I said, yeah, it just, um, sorry, something just flicked up. It distracted me. It's hard to come back and, and to, to do it, but I think, at all, yeah, you can take a little bit more out of the degree and take things, yeah, what you're going to use and what you can't use. And, and, yeah, I think as well just making sure you're forming those connections with people throughout it mm-hmm. that maybe I, as a younger student I didn't do, I wasn't really concerned about. But, yeah, taking it a little bit more seriously as a, as a mature age student, mate.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, you've mentioned a couple of ACL reconstructions. What what were things that you learnt during that, that experience that you now apply as a practitioner with
1: younger footballers? I think the main one, I guess, because I went through two, but there was a lot of lessons from the first ACL to the second ACL that I now apply all the time. And, and I think it applies not just to injury rehabilitation, but training. I think the first ACL I went through and I was, I don't know, if Adrian Peterson, the running back for, he's an NFL player. Anyway, he's, he did his ACL and he, had a, he came back So I think it was like towards the end of the season, did his ACL. Came back eight months later and I think he was like seven yards short of the single season rushing record. Like it was just this insane recovery. And it was not long after that that I did mine. (laughs) So I was watching a lot of Adrian Peterson videos. Yeah. Who's just jacked, massive, super explosive, super powerful, doing all these workouts and stuff like that. So I'm watching him and I'm approaching my rehab the same way. And... If it's sore, doesn't matter. Get in there. Do everything as it's written to the letter. Yeah. Really, really pushing it, really pushing the envelope. And it just didn't – it was just not a good read, really. It took me the full year and then some to really come back. And I was, I was sore and I – yeah, it was, it was just a long, long process. Then, yeah, played that year. Done it. Did the second one playing basketball with friends. Did, so did my other knee. Just didn't kind of – both of them were kind of fairly freak incidents. But, yeah. With the second time around, much better at just listening to my body and I went sort of I, as obviously as time went on, the first time around I realized you need to rest it when when it's sore. And when your body's giving you the sign, hey, you need to take a little bit of time off to listen to it. And and the second time around was great. Eight months I was, you know, running consistently, feeling good. And yeah, it was the the difference was was just I if it was sore. I just did something lighter. I might've done the prescribed work. I did it less. I just, if, if something else was bothering me, I'd go get a massage I'd go do that. And I just take the day, take the day. And I think that then that applies. As I said, where I you now apply that when I train people, it's your body will give you a clue before you get injured. People go, oh, I just, I've never done a hamstring. I did my hamstring. And then, you know, most of the time, if you go back a week, they might've had a tight back or they had, their calf was a bit sore or something. Their body sort of gave them a little clue. Hey, this load's a little bit high or you're not recovering well, you're stressed outside of work, something's something's not right. So, yeah, I think that's a huge part of what I now try to instill in people um, that I'm coaching, whether it's athletes or just everyday people, is to listen to those cues and to, yeah, to really, yeah, just be aware of your body. And, yeah, what always is written down isn't always the best session for you. And, yeah, sometimes it is important to, to rest and recover, Dude, whether it's doing less or you just change the workout or you communicate with myself or someone like someone like you, hey, I'm not feeling flash. Is there something else we can do today? That's been, yeah, probably the biggest thing I took out of that rehab. And, again, it was one of those things where I did it and I'm like, oh, why don't more people know this? Why don't more people – Why don't more people? and that's where I sort of started to, get, yeah, started to get into it and go, oh, well, maybe I there's something I can do. That. And I can feel that I can provide people that – maybe others aren't yeah, as well. Absolutely. And
0: it gives you yeah, strong empathy because you've you've been through it, the grind that it's such a long process. Someone oh, and it goes through ACL reconstruction yeah. like too. So the mental game like you mentioned about stress and and how important uh, managing that is. H- how are some things like what what would you do with a younger player that maybe hasn't had an injury? and might be in that mode of they're just pushing themselves to limit all the time, pushing the envelope, like you said, and you want to try and prevent them from learning from their own mistakes that you you learn from yours. But what would be some things that you do with those guys?
1: Yeah. And certainly I think you find this with younger, as I said, you end up like myself watching videos of whether it's Adrian Peterson or whether it's whoever it is, the video you see is always them working the hardest. That's their hardest session, whether it's in the month or that's their hard. That's the one they want you to see. It's the one they're doing all the cool stuff. They're not, not stretching or anything like that. That's the hard thing. So I think it's especially as a younger person you can see it and go, oh, that's what I need to do. I just need to do these brutal hits workouts or these savage ten by ten squat sessions or whatever it is. So I think it's when I start with a younger younger person, I think it's just it's a lot of just chatting and trying to educate them. This is this is where we want to be, or this is where you want to be. This is how we're going to get you there. And I think just educating people about the reasoning behind each session that they're doing, so they don't just sort of get in there sort of grinding away where you come into each session with a real clear focus. This is what I'm working on today. This is why I'm working on it because it's going to get me here. And I think that then sort of can help pull a lot of so because with a lot of young footballers, especially it's, I probably don't need to motivate you to work that hard. Mm. you already, you already want to work hard. It's potentially motivating or yeah, motivating you to, potentially hold yourself back or to get the quality out that we want to get rather than just intensity for intensity's sake. And I think another important thing beyond that, which I sort of touched on a little bit in my own sort of experience, is ensuring that their lifestyle, which I know we're big on and prepare like a pro ensuring their lifestyle is there to support that training. I want to, I want to write you a really, a really program that's, that's challenging. And it's going to set the bar here, but if you set up your nutrition, if your sleep's not where it needs to be, if you're stressed, if you're going through you know, school exams and things like that, then if we can't support that training, then we need to have a discussion and we need to figure out how we can support it before we then go in and, and add load and add extra stress to the system that's it's probably not ready for it at that stage. So yeah, just being educating around that, which I think a lot of people can underestimate the importance of everyone, you sort of hear it, but yeah, the importance of those factors outside of the weight room or outside of the, the training track are just as important. Yeah, absolutely, mate. You've touched on a couple of really amazing
0: points and uh, I know individualization gets thrown around a lot with strength and conditioning and and like you said, reading your body. Like if you can have that relationship with the athlete where they feel comfortable to let you, know I'm feeling a little bit off here, I've, I've got some stuff going on at home or my nutrition's been off for a few days or they're feeling really good, whatever it might be. Uh, and you could be able to change that plan to be able to suit that athlete for who's in front of you and how they're going. Ultimately, you're going to be getting, you're going to go places by accumulating great sessions over time, that quality that you talked about, opposed to one huge session, like you said, the 10 by 10 squats or doing 10K running sessions. If that breaks you down good for a couple of weeks, you're not going to get better that way. So, yeah, I think it's a great message that you're sharing. It, it adds a lot of strength, the fact that it comes from experience playing at a high level and then going through some setbacks that you have gone through. And then now you've got the education and the experience of, of learning with Anglesey where you get to apply in the clinic with Jace as and as well by now being in the environment of Geelong Footy Club. But on that note, what, how, what are some things that you've learned with the Geelong Footy Club
1: that you've enjoyed over the last couple of months? It's just been fantastic just to see the, and like, we would, like we've would just been talking about, just the, the A, the intensity, but B, the, the quality of the, the session when you're dealing with athletes at that level. To see the joke around before training and, and have a laugh with you, but then to watch them out in the track when it's just the focus is just narrowed in and it that's all that matters at that moment. That's they don't worry about anything else. Especially the watching the the really good players we've got the you know, so the Pat Dainipia, the Jeremy Camerons, those sort of blokes. When it's when it's time to go, they go. And yeah, it's it's just been awesome to be exposed to that and and to see it firsthand, to see those how those guys operate. And then yeah, to again then to look at oh well, how can I apply this to some of the stuff we're doing? at prepare like a pro. How what I'm doing with my personal training or my rehab stuff I, that I do. Yeah, I think that's been probably the main thing I've that I've really taken away from it. Yeah, that when and sort of like knowing knowing what the session is, but then having the focus to get as yeah, that that quality out of it to to get the most out of it. But then yeah, you see him afterwards, and it's we're we're switched off and having a bit of a laugh having a bit of a laugh. So I think on that as well, yeah, having the ability to to sort of turn it on and turn it off when you need to. That's important, especially for, you, for younger footballers as well. It can be sort of, yeah, go, go, go. We've got to do this. We've got all the rah, rah, rah outside of training, whereas you've got to be able to switch it off as well and and kind of relax. And, and I think that's, yeah, being able to see that at the Cats has been great. Yeah. yeah, it's such a great point. It seems to be the trend with
0: footballers as well as people that just went through 2020 20 COVID challenges of that ability to be able to switch off and switch on, whether you're working from home and and you're trying to work out that balance between home life and work life or, footballer footballer stuck in the hub it seems to be a, a lesson that yeah universally everyone's learnt on that finding that balance and the importance of, of having a break yeah. because it's a long season for footballers or for staff and it, and it can be a long year in, in your job if you're not if you're not being able to have that switch off and that laugh moment with your peers so that, yeah, that, yeah that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that, that's it's a good point to make and it, it's something that you you wouldn't particularly learn about that you sort of have to see that stuff don't you you have to be in the environment to see the power it has.
1: Yeah, and as you said, and it applies not just we're talking about it in a performance sense, but yeah, as you mentioned, it's not just elite athletes that, that applies to, or aspiring athletes. That's yeah, everyone knowing when like okay, I need to focus and get the most out of this next hour, and when I can just go and and you know have enjoy enjoy vegging out on the couch and and not feel guilty about it. Just go, oh, I'm I'm switching off now. Whereas I think a lot of times we, yeah, we get caught in that sort of in-between where you're kind of, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. And you sort of end up doing not much of anything. As I said, it, it applies to, to life, that, that applying that kind of mindset of switch on, switch off. And and yeah, I guess that's something I like to try and educate the my guys that are training with me as well, that yeah, how, how does things they like doing and things they like to do outside of training as well, that's just as important. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And, and you've mentioned a lot of things you've learned along the way, the
0: specific training methods or, or things in the gym that you wish you knew when you were playing at Geelong Falcons that you now know? All this knowledge that you've got. What would be a couple of things that
1: you wish you knew back then? Uh, a few mate. But I think for me, which I a lot of I think a lot of athletes in general, but a lot of younger athletes especially especially for me it was mobility. I've always it's been a it's been a, a really good thing, something I've had to work on really hard, something I didn't work on really hard when I was when I was younger and as I said I sort of ended up with had uh, kind of hips knees groins were always a little bit just hanging in there it felt like if i could yeah if i could impart anything on younger athletes we uh yeah, the importance of a recovery as well but yeah making if you have something that's potentially limiting you for me it was yeah mobility you were sitting at school for hours at a, hours at the desk and you need to be going outside of that to try and, and negate the effect of that and not just just running out and then your warm-ups kick a few goals and then get straight into training. I mean, if I had my time again, my warm-up would have been a big, long uh, little mobility circuit and then get the body moving properly. I and mean, then yeah, I guess on top of that, it would just be, yeah, just general kind of strength stuff that I've learned over the time that, yeah, I think I could have done a lot better where it was, everything was kind of 12 reps. Feel the burn, kind of, wasn't a lot of power work. There wasn't, yeah, we didn't sort of build a base of strength and then go into, we didn't, it was sort of almost like a bodybuilding workout that's not really appropriate for the sport or not the most appropriate way to sort of train an athlete.
0: Yeah, okay. And that, was that something that everyone was doing, so that's why you were doing it? Or was it something that you did just at the time, you liked doing the bodybuilding type of training?
1: Yeah, I think that's just how, yeah. It was your, your classic bro split kind of yeah, yeah, workout. That, yeah. yeah, you're doing chest Monday and you're doing back Tuesday and you're doing legs whenever. Probably not much legs. That was the workout. And that versus what we were given as well. So yeah. I think strength and conditioning has come a long way and since I was at TAC Cup. But, uh, yeah, that was just what, what we were given. That's what everyone was doing. I wouldn't yeah. do that now.
0: <laughs> I, started, I started doing exactly the same thing. It's just what you see, isn't it? You get given, I think I was given a bench press at the age of 13 with a leg extension machine. Yeah, No. I- yeah, 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 fantastic, mate. Well, we'll start to wrap it up. Well, th- thank you so much for sharing all your experiences, stories, and things you've learned along the way. What are you most excited about for two thousand and twenty one? You've got plenty going on at the moment. What's something that you're particularly pumped about?
1: Super excited to to start work and keep working with Prepare Like a Pro and have the the opportunity to develop some young athletes and maybe some older athletes as well. Footballers, whoever, um really excited to to get cracking into that with everyone down the Geelong area. Um, excited to keep working work at the cats throughout the season like I'm really I've done obviously the preseason so far, so I'm really intrigued to kind of see how our role develops in the strength and conditioning team over the season. And I've just, well, I'm about to sign. I'm not, I'm not sure I can sign up just yet with COVID, but I'm not going to sign up just yet, but I'm looking at Ironman, Busselton. Wow. So, um, we Huge. Yeah, so looking to sign up for that in December. So yeah, really excited, mate. Mate, so you've been
0: training a fair bit at the moment. What would a, what a typical week look like?
1: I'm sort of trying to do at least sort of two runs, two swims, two bikes at the moment. And then I've just signed up for a coach who will send through the program for next week? But yeah, at the moment it's pretty. It's just kind of getting used. I'm a terrible swimmer, so I'll probably end up doing more swims. I'm not a great, not a great swimmer, and I haven't spent a heap of time on the bike. So I'd say most of it will be sort of focused on on those ones, working on not drowning. Be the number
0: one. <laughs> yeah, it's important. Uh, so that's something on the on the bucket list you've wanted to do an Ironman. When did you
1: when did you sort of have? That yeah, happen? yeah. My old man did an Ironman, and so I've always sort of had it on the bucket. Didn't really think it was achievable for most of the time, but then after I sort of. Did the marathons. I was like, oh, maybe I could do it. So, yeah, I think it's one of those things you just sign up for and then you find a way to get it, make it happen. Oh, that's
0: that's, uh, very inspiring, mate. Well done. When you got the sub three-hour marathon, had you done Mm -hmm. a
1: few of those beforehand
0: or... How many marathons have you done?
1: I've done two. So the first one and then, uh, yeah, got a bit obsessed with training and I was like, oh, I reckon I could do it under three hours. And then, uh, yeah, was lucky enough to get a spot in the London, got a just like a, a lottery ticket in the London marathon and was lucky enough to get that. And, yeah, you see, I saw the figure post So I'm pretty skinny helps when you're 10 kilos lighter you can run a oh, bit yeah. quicker yeah. you gotta be don't you running economy yeah, yeah exactly
0: fantastic mate well it's great to have you as part of the prepare like a pro team being our uh, regional strength and conditioning coach as well and, and you're doing big things mate and can't wait for you to get down to the gym as well and check out edge and you know, absolutely we'll talk shop but yeah thanks for jumping on mate and it's been a pleasure to have you on and i'm sure a lot of uh, people got a lot out of it as well so thank you for sharing your experiences thank you thanks for having me awesome time we'll speak soon mate thank you for listening if you enjoyed the podcast. Cast guys, make sure to join our subscriber list. You can do that by clicking the link in our bio where we've got over a thousand footballers subscribed to our website, preparelikeapro.com. When you do subscribe, you will receive a free strength and conditioning program as well as high performance presentations from our AFL experienced coaches. If you want to work with one of our coaches one on one or have an online program, email us at support at or you can simply direct message us where we'll send you details. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. We're on YouTube, iTunes and Spotify.